Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, success strategist for women in business, and I'll soon be joined by my dear friend and co-host, Laura Schick-Guzman, an amazing psychotherapist who works with women entrepreneurs. Together in the Liberation Lab, we explore what it actually takes to create fulfillment, success, and freedom. Today, we want to dive into the topic of redefinition. We thought it'd be awesome to explore the idea of how we shift the old definitions that we still carry around but are no longer serving us. And how do we deal with others that are still holding us to old definitions? I think a lot of women get stuck in an old definition of themselves, whether it was a time they failed or made bad decisions, instead of updating to where they really are now. I believe we are a new person each and every day. There is micro growth always. This can be an emotional topic, but I think it is the key to helping all of us reach greater success. If you're enjoying the show, we'd be so happy to have you review us on iTunes. You can also head over to theliberationlab.com to subscribe and access some amazing resources to help you feel more liberation. Okay, let's get started. Hi, and welcome to the Liberation Lab for Women in Business. I'm your host, Sonia Statman, and I'm here with the beautiful co-host, Laura Shuk-Guzman. Hey, Laura. Hello, lovely. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to this again. I think we've got sort of a, a emotional topic to go into today, which I'm actually a big fan of. Yes, I'm a fan me of the too. Emotional business talks. <laughs> yeah, I think we try to move between, you know, some of the more sort of practical business side and also some of the psychology and the emotional side because we're women. The emotional side is really important. Our emotions are so important in business. We've talked about this in so many episodes, but we are powerhouses because of our emotional nature. And so I think, you know, we it's fun to dive into some of these other topics. And today I thought it would be really interesting to explore you know, how do we break away from sort of old definitions that we have on ourselves or someone else has on us? And how do we sort of take where we are right now and redefine ourselves? Because I think I see this a lot in the women that I work with in business. It's like, you know, oftentimes we kind of hold our failures or or times when we were more desperate or times when we were more um, of an identity that we don't prefer. So maybe, you know, sort of a lesser part of ourselves. We kind of hold those inside of ourselves and keep kind of reflecting to ourselves that that's where we are now. Instead of really acknowledging and looking at we are not that old definition, whether it was, you know, 20 years ago or five years ago or one year ago, we are not that person anymore. We've evolved, we've developed, and we're a new person every single day. And I think also sometimes we face how other people in our lives keep holding us to an old definition and identity. So yeah, so that's really what I want to explore is how do we break free from that so that we can actually be who we are today? Mm, yes, I love this. And as you were talking, I was just thinking, and why is that common? You know, why is mm. it common that we can take sort of two steps forward and or one step forward, two steps back, actually, uh, with really feeling good about an emerging sense of ourself, maybe making an accomplishment at work or succeeding in something that we're doing in our business. And then all of a sudden we get flooded with our old crap, basically. 
Yeah. And sometimes it can come up out of nowhere. And I don't think this changes no matter what stage you're at, no matter how much success you have. I think this is sort of where we start to define what, you know, the imposter syndrome. I think this is part of that is that, you know, these pieces sort of just flood us when we're least expecting it. And so, you know, what do we do with those? How do we handle that? How do we navigate that so that we can keep our momentum and we can keep going? You know, a lot of um, business people, and this is something that I'm really against, they talk about just suppressing your emotions or controlling your emotions or you are not your emotions. So just, you know, uh, put your logic back on and take action. And I actually think there's another way. Yeah. Well, I really love that you linked it to imposter syndrome because that's something that a lot of people have been exploring. Why is it that we're, we're hitting this? Why even after you've sort of proven it to yourself that you can do what you're doing. You still hit, um, these moments and really successful people admit Mm. to feeling this, you know, people that you just, it just surprises you. Like how could they doubt themselves? And so from a psychological point of view, I just want to bring up one contributing factor or just something that happens in, in human behavior, you know, is that we love to be with familiar things. Mm. That's why change is hard. That's why habits, new habits are hard to create. So if you think about it from that perspective, when we hit our edge, right, yes. and we exceed our comfort zone, which may be a huge win, maybe that was something that was amazing, I suppose it was great, we're celebrating it, and then all of a sudden we're in a fetal position in our bedroom <laughs> on the floor, you know, it's like, what's wrong with me? I, I don't deserve this, oh. you know, and I think that... What happens psychologically is that that newness is so unfamiliar, that new state of being that we we embraced just a moment ago is scary. Mm. And so our psyche goes back to what's familiar and it starts looking through our old closets, our archive yes. of all things that we've been told that we can't do, that we were never going to be, right? And it starts trying to pull all of that as evidence to bring us back into our old state of being. Oh my gosh. Oh, like I can so relate to what you're saying. And it's funny because Laura and I were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, bringing up sort of this topic around our episode. And I wasn't sure what, how much of my experience that I'm having right now I'd bring in, but it's like more and more relevant. Like I feel like, because I feel like I'm at this place in my life and my business at the moment where I'm breaking some glass ceilings, which is really amazing. But what I'm finding is that all of these old emotions, all of these old feelings and experiences are really rising up to the surface. They're rising up to be integrated. They're rising up for me to to bring them in and love them and bring them in and make them whole again. But the feeling of it is so uncomfortable and I want to resist it and I want to run away from it and I want to avoid it. And I think these are really old definitions, you know, from even 20 years ago that I don't want to look at, right? You know, like I don't don't want to define myself as those things anymore. But before I can actually redefine myself, I have to own them. I have to own those experiences. I have to own those emotions. And I think that that's what we're so afraid to do. But instead of allowing ourselves just to really take them in because they're so uncomfortable, these feelings and experiences, instead of Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to really take them in, oftentimes we want to avoid them. We want to resist them. We want to work around them. We want to get rid of them at any cost. But we don't realize how by doing that, they linger and they'll come up again at a time when we would prefer them not to. (laughs) 
Yes, yes. And what's common is that we try to distract ourselves and we work harder. We do more. We like busy ourselves. You know, this busy work is just a distraction because we don't want to feel that. However, if we're not letting ourselves feel these experiences, then we're not integrating them. And we're not increasing our capacity to feel like our our actual trust in ourselves. You know, so if we don't trust our capacity to feel discomfort, every time you hit your new edge, you actually reverse. Yes. Because not because of in any inadequacy, not because you're not smart enough or good enough or worth it. It's because it's uncomfortable to be in a new state of awareness, to be in a new state of success in your business, to be at a new level. Yeah. And I think it's fascinating because you hear people say, like someone that you perceive is really successful, um, they end up being, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, it's someone that like you perceive is really successful says to you, oh yeah, like I just remember this math teacher <laughs> in eighth grade. And so when, whenever I'm on the stage accepting some amazing award for achievement in my mathematics or science career, I just think of that eighth grade teacher telling me that I would never succeed, that I was so untalented or whatever, right? And it's so weird that all of these other experiences that showed us we could do it, that we were smart enough, that we were good enough, that in those moments of doubt, we will go right back to that archive of those people. And often those were very influential people, which yep. is why parents and teachers and like being mindful of the encouragement and the things that we are giving yes. to our children. Yes. So true. And I think part of that is because those pieces are not integrated. And so what, you know, what happens is we just don't want to experience them. It's like, we keep resisting them. That was such a bad feeling. That was such a bad experience. We push it away, push it away, but it's a part of us. And if we don't bring it in and really feel it and allow us to accept it, like accept, ex actually accept it, not just say, yeah, it's there. And I'm still resisting it, but like yeah. actually accept it and feel it all the way through. If we don't allow ourselves to do that, then it just hangs around. And so this yeah. is one of those things that I think is really important. You know, what inside of ourselves, we need to allow ourselves to feel those old, old definitions, not to resist yeah. it and not to go down a rabbit hole of shame and punishing ourselves and, oh, I'm such a bad person, but to actually just neutrally look at it and be like, yep. That's where I was at at that time. I'm human. I made mistakes. I was young, you know, or, or yes, that person was not very nice and it was not okay that they did that. But this is what my experience was. Like, I think we have to begin to accept some of these old things as they arise if we're ever going to break through and actually redefine ourselves. Yes. Well, I love that you actually clarified that it's not sitting in the emotion in a shame spiral. Yeah. It's not flagellation like no. this constant. It when we say we invite us ourselves and others to sit and acknowledge their emotions or their experience and the discomfort, it's to sit there with self-love, yeah. with compassion, so much compassion. And I think that's why it's important that you and I are having this conversation cuz if this can pop into someone's mind at some point, one of our listeners, if they're struggling and they remember, oh yeah, wait, wasn't I, I heard somewhere that, that this was normal, <laughs> that this is like a sign that I'm actually about to emerge into a new state of consciousness, yes. a new way of being. 
and it's going to just be a little uncomfortable and I'm going to be tempted to fall back into my old familiar patterns to believe the things I've been told or to listen to that critical voice inside of my head. It's like just to know, to be mindful that that can happen. And yet you can then say, okay, that's happening now. Sweet self. This is okay. This is okay to be scared. It's okay to be uncomfortable. And it's just a sign that I'm at my edge. And there's something beautiful about being at the edge. You know, we use that term in business. I think it's kind of interesting. If you think about being at the edge of something, Mm. it's exciting, Mm. but it's scary. You're on the edge of a cliff. It's this beautiful vista. You can see so much, but you're not sure how you're going to get out there, how you're going to make it down this steep cliff where you worry you're going to topple over. You know, this is just... This is a part of the human experience. Like every edge has a beautiful vista that's beyond it. And we're going to feel simultaneously scared and exhilarated and and excited about what's about to happen. And it's normal. So I don't think we talk about that enough, right? Mm. No, I don't. And I think that that's a piece, you know, uh, even from a logical standpoint, like how can we ever be uncomfortable in an unknown? And if you're growing past an old level, past the glass ceiling, you know, past something that is comfortable, well, you are moving into unknowns and moving into business is always an unknown. And so you have to get comfortable with that. But it's not just that, like you have to recognize that moving into an unknown produces fear in anyone. The most successful people in the world, like the only reason they've been successful is because they've learned to navigate that fear. Like they, they still have it. They, it's impossible not to have fear in an unknown. And so if you are moving into business, if you are moving into growth, if you are moving past a glass ceiling, a previous way that you've held yourself back, if you're moving out of being small, all of that is going to absolutely produce fear and anxiety. It is in inevitable. So it is about learning to navigate it and deal with it. And it's about recognizing that's totally normal. Like, you know, you're not a bad person or a failure or weak because you have fear. Like this is totally, totally normal. That's right. It means you're alive and that you actually allow yourself your emotional experiences. Because yes, there are so many people that have learned to shut that side of them off. They've learned to compartmentalize or to just push through, but that is at a cost. You don't always see it. You don't see it happening until people are hitting their, um, their wall, right? And then where they're like, whoa, I've been living my life for 50 years and completely compartmentalizing and and my body's starting to shut down. And that's something that's really, you know, if you're, there's no shortcut around this. I was talking about a client, I was talking with a client about this. It's like, the thing is that biologically, our emotions are energy and the energy comes in and the energy has to go out. And what happens is that people have emotional experiences. The energy flares up into the body. There's an emotion that's felt, then is meant to be processed, and then released. And then you have cathartic release, or you have an aha, or you have closure. I mean, there's so many wonderful things that happen (laughs) after that release. But what happens is that the emotion comes in, we feel it, we freak out. We don't know. I can't feel this. This is too hard. I don't know what to do with it. And we stuff it in. And the body's like, okay, I'm freaking strong. I'll hold it. I can do this. I can hold it. I can probably hold it for 10 years. Oh, wait, I can hold it 20 years. I can hold it 30 years. And there's more. And there's more. And that's just energy. 
that you're spending holding all of these tight emotions bound in your body. Imagine if all of a sudden that was no longer energy that you had to hold. And that's so true. Like I think about, you know, there's all these old experiences because this is what I've been experiencing the last few days. There's all these old experiences, like even from 20 years ago, right? These emotions that are coming forward. And you're right, they're energy. They're literally in my body. I can like feel them in my stomach and the nerves and that, you know, what, what someone might label as anxiety or someone might label as fear, but someone might label as, you know, nauseousness or is it, so they're all this thing in my body. And as I've let myself start to move through them and feel them the last few days, what is so cool is I have more energy, like not the energy of the emotion, but just like more energy in my body, more connection to my body. I can feel more. My capacity to feel is so much greater. I mean, even now I can feel the tingling. I can feel the, you know, it's like my capacity to feel is so much greater. And that's because I've allowed myself to process those old emotions. And I think, you know, this is why it's so helpful to have some resources, some tools, or some practitioners that can help you move all the old emotion, you know, because it's going to come up anyway. And to also have some practices on a weekly, daily, monthly basis that allow you to process them as they come up as well. Because if if we're not processing these, like, you know, a lot of my clients, I, you know, encourage them to journal or I encourage them to do, you know, some of the, what I call a morning formula, which is really about being able to determine what you want to refocus your mind. But oftentimes that can bring up emotions as well. Like it's about acknowledging, honoring, and dealing with this and having some strategies for that. Because otherwise, yeah, it's all gets stuck in your body And then your body breaks down or your body doesn't. It's really interesting. And I think sometimes I was just going to tie this in because I think it's really interesting. I'm currently doing like this cleanse for 30 days. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really interesting because I wonder sometimes if it, it, as my body's cleaning itself out, as if some of the emotions aren't being triggered because they're no longer kind of stored underneath the ways that I've, you know, like I use a lot of um, like dairy or gluten or things like that to be Mm. able to push things down, you know? So you wonder as you're cleansing, if it's not then triggering all these stored emotions in the body and that's why they're coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And actually, you know, when people talk about if you're going to do a detox or going through some sort of special diet for like the, you know, any kind of change where you're going to basically purify your body, they will talk about, oh, don't be surprised that you may feel a little irritated. You may feel edgy. You may have some emotions come up, but I don't think they often explain why, right? Like they don't actually explain that the body, it has to let that go. It has to release it as energy, just like you described. So as your body cleanses itself, as it purifies itself, it needs to let those layers of feelings that are just still stuck in the body. And often, you know, and this will be interesting with your cleanse to just think about it as it comes up. Imagine it is like, just like anything else that's coming up out of your body mm. and just like, okay, it's a layer it's a layer that I'm cleansing. Let me just acknowledge it, name it, let it go. Yes. Does it serve me? Nope. Let it go. Yes. You know? And, and, and yeah. I was just going to say that release, I think, is such a key yeah. piece. 
And what you were saying, I can totally feel how so many people suppress it. And and sadly, we've got so many people educating people to suppress it because they right. do not understand emotions. They think that emotions are just a bad thing that you shouldn't have, especially in business. I see this constantly where even, you know, people who are really high at the top, really successful people, they don't understand emotions. And so what they teach is emotion regulation, emotion control, emotion suppression. And this is how you succeed in management. Mm, Yeah. But it does not work. It It does not work. And it especially does not work for women. Yes. Yes. And just imagine if we started modeling this more. I mean, I would love to see leaders that we have a lot of respect. I mean, I think Brene Brown is an example of why people love her because she will, she'll do it. She'll name it right in the moment. Like I'm feeling this right now. We don't have enough people that stand in front of us that will just pause for a moment and say, you know what? I'm getting choked up. You know what? I'm losing my voice. I'm having a moment because what I'm standing in right now is so important to me that I have other emotions swirling and, you know, and getting really intense right now. Like imagine if enough of us just named the emotional experiences that was happening. And we as humans, we want to see that connection that we have with one another. And we would probably all breathe a little deeper. Our nervous systems would regulate because this person in front of us is taking the moment to give themselves that moment to feel, to release. And it really is. It is released. And somatic experiencing, that's what we're really working towards is when we help a client locate a sensation. It's not to just have awareness around it, but it's to encourage it to become move from the unconscious into the consciousness so that we can look at that. What is, what is it we notice about it? What is it we feel about it? But then we want to invite it to move and possibly it will just move into another part of the body and it will kind of hang there and we'll learn a little bit more about it. It might not be that you're ready to release it yet, but you become aware of it, but we're aiming to let it release. And release looks like trembling, release looks like crying, laughing, yawning. Like these are all natural ways in which our body knows. And if we feel weird (laughs) about an emotion and we won't just let ourselves feel it, notice when people laugh nervously and then we shame people for that. Yes. Like, no, they weren't being inappropriate. They were being uncomfortable and they just need, that's how it came out. Or they cried. And we made them feel weak. Yes. Like it's really insane. I mean, it just blows my mind that we've taken all these normal biological responses that actually are about releasing energy, resetting the system, and we've created shame around it. We've created blame and we've created weakness. Well, yeah. who has created that? Let's come back to our feminist friend. You know, that's a masculine. <laughs> the <discomfort>. patriarchal. <laughs> the, you know, the man, that's not always that place that's not where the male masculine perspective felt comfortable yeah wasn't the place where that wasn't their genius it is the feminine divine genius yes and and i also think we some to some degree we suppress it as well i think because oh yes you know we we feel out of control like it's moving through us and we have to let it move but we don't recognize because we suppress it we don't recognize that emotions are transitory that if we allow them to move they'll move pretty quickly like you know it's a it's a powerful thing and that's why like i talk a lot about using your emotions in business because if you let them move you if you let them you know actually move up through you and in 
in the moment you use that in your business, you know, whether that's a post you're putting out to the world or an email you're writing or, you know, who you're talking to or working with in that moment, like letting those emotions move through you is really, really powerful. And they move other people, which is why it's so amazing. But what we don't realize is even the negative emotions, what we call negative, like that's just a label. You know, Mm -hmm. even the anger and the fear and the all these other uncomfortable emotions that we don't like, if we just allowed them to move and not push them back down, they'd be gone. Like we wouldn't have to carry them for 20 years. Right. Right. And And we also probably would have learned why they were there. I mean, a lot of times emotions are just a map to something. They just help us understand, you know what, that that really affected me. That made me feel really sad or made me feel really dismissed or not seen or angry or whatever it is. It's, it's telling you something about that experience that didn't nurture you. And that's a good thing to know because then you can ask, okay, what was that? Mm. Did that person not listen? Did I feel um, that I didn't assert myself in the way that I did? I disappoint myself. And I'm just projecting that onto others, mm. right? There's so many things that we can learn. And I think that, you know, emotional intelligence in business has a long way to go. We've luckily began discussing emotional intelligence. Um, we have it with our in our schools to a certain extent, even though there's <laughs> a lot more room in certain schools for growth in that area. But, you know, it's just that needs to be kind of standard it just needs to be sort of standard conversation. Just like we look at spreadsheets, we should be yes. able to analyze emotions. Like it yes. should be just as important. And then the other thing is what I've been talking about a, a lot recently with people is just getting them to realize and reflect like one of the other intelligences, our body intelligence, our somatic intelligence, that's something that we really haven't been given permission to explore or feel. From very early on, children are told, no, that's not how you feel. You're not cold. You're yes. not hot. You are hungry. You're not hungry. You know, it's like yes. we're told very on, very early on. And so all of those things are compounded because if we don't have body intelligence, it's kind of sometimes hard to understand what the emotion is doing, where it is, what to do with it. And then we don't understand the emotion. That's just a double, <laughs> it's a double whammy. And so we're left feeling overwhelmed and uncomfortable. And so we just use this really smart prefrontal brain of ours, this Mm -hmm. neocortex that is a curse and a blessing to the human species. And we use that brain to just stick everything down and say, I don't have to deal with this. I don't need to know about this. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, you know, this is, and so, you know, going sort of back to our topic today, I think what we're, what we're really diving into is that some of those old definitions that we keep hitting against and that we can't seem to get past, the ones at least inside of ourselves, because we'll address that first, is that, you know, so much of that is just unprocessed emotions, unprocessed trauma, unprocessed experiences. And if we let ourselves start to just accept and own them, not from a blame, not from I'm a bad person, but literally just like, yep, that happened. Yes, I did that. Yes, that was part of my old experiences. If we allow ourselves to process that, then it's almost like it goes away. We've released all of those things. And then we have a clean slate, And then from there, we can redefine ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. And we make space every time, right? Every time you move forward, 
And then those emotions come up, allow yourself to feel them with compassion, and then you release what you don't know, what just no longer serves you. Then that's more space opens up for you to step even more and deeper into this new emerging self. And if we are on a path of continual evolving development, right? This is kind of, if you, if you, like you and I, we see our business as also personal transformation. So we use our business as a tool to not only further the objectives of, of our career and how we want to help people, but we're using it as a place to evolve our own sense of self, our own sense of connection to others, like our humanity Mm -hmm. we're developing through the path of, our entrepreneurship or through our business journey. Exactly. And I think that that's, you know, this is a really good sort of recognition is that this is such a a piece. And I think it first has to be dealt with in ourselves because if we can't redefine our own self, how can we expect anyone else to redefine us? Right. And I think Mm -hmm. the reason why I want to talk about now the other side is because I think that one of the things I see a lot of people hit in my program and, you know, just in the world in general, especially with their partners or their parents, like those are sort of the two really pivotal relationships. Mm. So, you know, you've got a lot of people whose partners are holding them to their old failings. You know, you might say like they're, they're like, well, you didn't succeed for the last two years. So why do you think you're going to succeed next year? You know, that this kind of sort of redefinition, or if anybody else's parents is like mine, I love my parents, but you know, they still hold me to like when I was 15, there's still these these definitions that (laughs) I will never, ever surpass. So how do you deal with that without it becoming something that holds you down that really like stops your momentum? Yeah, because it can limit us in our own perception of ourselves mm-hmm. if we allow those, you know, their perceptions. And and what's so important to remember is often people's perceptions of us have more to do with them and how they see themselves yeah. than it has to do with us. Yeah. Yeah. They're yes. stuck in it. They're, it's like, you know, <laughs> yes. I think it's yes. recognized. And sometimes they need you to be that. You know, they need to see you that way for whatever reason. Like sometimes our parents, they still need to feel they still need to see us as that young adolescent or that young adult that was flailing because guess what? Then they still feel like they are somehow relevant. You know, I hear a lot of parents say that I think I still struggle to see my child move on. Um, The more successful they become, I feel that I'm not as necessary, which is so not the case. Again, that's a whole thing about our culture valuing, you know, what we put on value as far as parenting our kids, like connection is the most valuable thing that, that you can provide your kids and to let them soar and succeed is actually more opportunity for that connection. But there's fear in seeing other people succeed if it means something about you. So I think that's the first thing when I get really caught um, with that, when I notice myself feeling held back by other people's perceptions or just, I think the most irritating thing, you know, is when you know, you've changed and you know, you've evolved and you've worked really damn hard for it. You know? mm. You're like, this was not easy for me to get to this point. I'm really proud of myself. And you still see me. You're that person that still sees me 20 years ago. Yeah. But just to remember that that's more about them. And if it is bothering you, it's probably just an area of reflection in yourself of like, okay, why, what part of me is still pulling into that, pulling that archive card? Why am I still holding on? I'm somehow using that 
as a way to keep pulling myself backwards. Why can't I let that go? Yes. And I think, you know, that does go back to, we have to sort of deal with it in ourselves at you know, first. And I think once we do integrate it, like there is conversations to be had. Once we're feeling neutral with it, once we're no longer triggered by that, it doesn't mean we have to just sit and take that kind of um, perspective from our partners or from our friends or from, you know, people like we can, you know, say, hey, this doesn't feel good. I feel like you're not updating like who I was two years ago is not who I am today. And maybe we need to look at and acknowledge what has changed. Because I think sometimes our partners, or our parents, our people in our lives, they just don't see it, right? They're not, they're not inside of our heads. They don't, they just don't always acknowledge the transformation. Sometimes it's easy just to stick with what's comfortable, which is what they know, instead of really acknowledging how much we've changed. So sometimes right. I think it's about voicing that, you know, uncomfortableness with what they're reflecting in, in terms of, you know, hey, this just doesn't feel good. Like, I want you to support me. I want you to see the changes that I've made. And then we have to let go of any expectation because we can't make someone see that and we can't make someone redefine. But our responsibility in it, in the power that we do have, is to really honestly communicate it and not in anger, but in neutrality. And when we can do that, it's like oftentimes I have seen major transformations with partnerships, with parents, with people in their lives, because once they've had that conversation, a lot of people are like, wow, yeah, okay, you're right. Like I didn't, I didn't acknowledge that and I didn't realize how much it bothered you. And, and so it can really sort of transform relationships. And then sometimes yeah. you just have to let people go. Like, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's funny because, yeah. you know, a lot of my clients, cause I have a, a group portion of my program and a lot of my clients, you know, have been talking lately about how they've had to just evolve from their friendships. They've had to, you know, groups that they were a part of, they've had to just let go because they've evolved so much like and changed so much through the program and through the practices that they're doing that it's like they no longer fit in in some of those places and so you know sometimes some of them are just having to walk away from those friendships or those communities or their those groups because they're not going to change and they no longer are getting value from it mhm yeah and i think that is something it's really hard for I think it's harder for women than for men um, to walk away from relationships that no longer serve them. I feel that because it's ingrained in women to caretake or to make it work or to somehow keep being the better person, yeah. that we feel guilty to just walk away when we're no longer feeling it with that person. Like there's sometimes a friendship that you think, gosh, every time we get together, that person just makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> You know, but somehow I still agree to lunch. Yes. You know? like, yes. Why am I doing that to myself? Exactly. And the yeah. way that I talk about it, I mean, sometimes I tell people as you're going through my program, you know, as you're working with me, I actually want you to just make sure, you know, just tell people you're not available. Like just, just don't so that you can begin to shift and change your environment. Cause sometimes we just don't realize and we just, yeah, it's like we take it. And I think as women, that's a big part of us, right? We just sort of, we endure. 
We endure relationships. We endure things that are negative. But what we don't always have awareness of, especially as we're operating our businesses, is that a lot of those relationships are tanking our success. Every time we start on a, a start to achieve momentum, start to achieve success, someone comes along in our life that's negative and it pulls us all the way down. And then we're having to work five, 50 times as hard to get that momentum back up again. And it's just not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. So just really surrounding, this goes back to advice that you've given before and we've talked about is surrounding yourself with people that are at that same energetic vibration that you are, that are just, that are seeing the world with more possibility, that treat themselves with compassion, that are willingness to be, willing to be curious about their own emotional experiences. Like these are the people you want to spend more time and encourage you know, find ways to be around. And then other people, it's not sometimes, you know, there's a family member that we're always going to have in our family. We're always going to love them, (laughs) but, but we can also set boundaries Yes, and we can let them know that, no, we're not going to go, not going to really engage in a conversation in which you have to go through all of the things that you're going to defend, why you're doing what you're doing right now, why you've chosen to go start this business or whatever it is. Like there's just things that people can engage you. And you know what? I'm just, I'd love to talk about something else, but not that like, that's not something that I'm really enjoying talking about. So why don't we find another place to connect? Why don't you tell me about this? Um, and, and, and just knowing that it's okay, it's okay to redirect conversation. It's okay to set boundaries with people because this is hard enough for yeah. us to do this work, yes. to give ourselves that compassion, to remember that it's okay in the middle of the storm to feel things that are not always pleasant and to keep, just loving on ourselves like that's hard. And so we want to be around people that see our value that can remind us of that value, even when we have forgotten. And yeah, and I, and I can speak from personal experience of, I feel like that inner work that the more that I've done to own my own value and worth, the people that I meet are the, are able to see it. It's like the more and more I attract the people that see me and value me, including yes. my current husband. Like it yes. was so amazing that I did all this work right before he and I met. And I think you can remember this, Sonia, you know, you were like, Oh, so it seems like it's getting really serious. Like you're really falling for this guy. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I finally have someone that looks at me and sees me and values me at mm. this level that I've not experienced before, because it's not about him. Like the way he loves me is, is this thing he can see about me, but it was because I had to do the work to feel comfortable myself showing up for him, who I am really being vulnerable and being able to receive that adoration, receive that value from him. Otherwise I wouldn't have even taken it in. I would have probably, you know, just kept going. So I had to do that inner work first to really receive it. Yeah, which is such a good example. And I think there's these stages, right? Like one is we have to do the inner work. That's sort of the first stage. Once we get to that stage, we have to have the conversations, the tough conversations, how we feel, yeah. how they're making us feel, you know, and then we can see if, they, if we can salvage those relationships. And then, you know, yeah. sometimes it means actually breaking free. You know, I was just thinking as, as, you know, we've been exploring this topic today, I was thinking about, you know, I was sort of blessed. So I don't know anyone who's knows sort of my history. I went to 13 schools in 12 years. 
And, you know, because my mom was just a bit crazy. I love her, but you know, she was just a bit crazy and she just kept putting me in different schools. And, you know, like in, in, in some ways as a child, especially as a really young child, that was torture, right? Constantly changing schools, sometimes halfway through the year, you know, it was torture to have to find new friends, have to create new things. And I was often an outsider in almost every place that I went. So there's sort of the negatives of that, but the positives of that is I learned that I could redefine myself, who I was and how I'd grown every single year, right? I didn't have to be stuck in, oh, my friends had known me. You know, this is the person I was in preschool. And now this is the, you know, they're still kind of holding me to that person, you know, now that I'm in eighth grade. No, every year I could be like, who do I want to be today? Who who am I? Like what's emerging? And I could actually totally redefine myself. And it was really, really a blessing. And it set a foundation for me of being willing to let go of environments in order to create an environment that is most conducive to my growth, because that's so Mm. important to me. That is so true. That is a big piece of your resiliency, Mm -hmm. what I see in you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's also the lessons of, you know, what we experience that can be some of our more painful points and struggles, which kind of goes to what we spoke about last time about rites of passage. Um, but that is what can sometimes be those unseen blessings. It teaches us some really important things about how to see ourselves and how to see the world. Mm-hmm. So it's really beautiful. And yet I love your vulnerability, Sonia, to still speak to that, but it doesn't mean it's, it's easy. It doesn't mean that when you find yourself in that new environment ready to emerge, that it's all easy peasy, yeah. that it's actually still really hard work, but mm-hmm. you're more able to embrace it and play and be curious with it um, because you've done it over and over and over again. So it gives you that resilient, you know, bounce, like to keep doing it and to keep trying and to keep examining and, and asking for help when needed. Yeah. I love that about what you do. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, this is that piece is that it's all about looking at like, if you feel like you are sort of stuck in some of these old definitions, these are some of the tactics and tools, some of the path that you can start to look at in order to break free of it, because we are all capable of so much. And literally every day we're different. Like I'm not the same person I was yesterday because I've integrated new things today, because I've released things, because I've taken in new things, because I'm, I've decided new things. And I think we We've got to give ourselves the opportunity to redefine ourselves, to be who we are in the moment. Yes. I will second that with a big high five, but you can't see me. (laughs) (laughs) And a big hug. Yay. All right. Well, I think that's sort of a wrap up for today. Thank you all for joining us and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much for listening to the show. To get some great resources and listen to all of our episodes, visit theliberationlab.com. We want to help other women get the support they need to create more real success and freedom. If you're enjoying the show and want to support our mission, you can write a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. A huge thank you to all of you who've commented, emailed us, and reviewed our show. We are so appreciative of your support. See you next week.